you invite him. So prayer is an invitation extended to God for him to come into the affairs of men. So you invite heaven into the affairs on this earth. So, so he is God. The one we're, we're coming uh, from the house there was something that we, we said. Mommy asked me a question, so I, I also used, I gave a Nigerian approach to the question. And with that place, when you ask questions, we answer you with questions. So I asked, so why was God asking Adam about where he was when he knew where he was? He's the all-knowing God. He knew that the man was not on his seat, that he was hiding somewhere. Is the all-seeing God, nothing can be hidden from his eyes. And yet he called out, Adam, where are you? Had he lost his Godship? No. God is a just God. That is why if you are his own child, and you are standing in for him, you've got to be careful the way you think, the way you make conclusions, and the way you talk. Hallelujah. Psalm 115 and verse 16. Let's read that one. And then uh, this night it is just an issue of dilating on some scriptures. Very few of them. Yes. 115 verse 16. Can we read that together? The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the children of men. Who gave? When you are in need, does God know that you are in need? Hmm? You are sure? That when you are hungry, he knows you are hungry. Why wouldn't he now come to your aid and give you food? Without you asking. Some believers wanted to pray for a, a blind man who had been begging for money. And he rejected, he objected to the prayer. So I didn't ask you to pray for me. I don't want to see. I am asking looking for money and food. In certain situations, God invades the privacy of men for his eternal purpose. Mary didn't ask God to, to use his, uh, her, her womb to bring a savior here. She didn't ask, he didn't pray for that. But God, in his sovereignty, chose her. He was bringing John the Baptist to earth there through Zechariah um, and the wife. And Zechariah was asking questions. He closed his mouth. He exercised his sovereignty. So he had the sovereign power. But by way of courtesy and respect for your will, he will want you to talk. So you don't have because you did not ask. Even when you did, you asked amiss. Where is that one found? James chapter what? 4, 2 and D. The last part of it. Uh, you don't have because you don't ask. And sometimes when you ask, you ask amiss. These are elements that will be touching briefly. So you keep on saying that you are prayed. Let me say something that some of you may not like. John chapter 16 verse 23 to 24. John 16. Can we read that also together?
And that's the best. Who are we asking from? Through whom? So when you ask Jesus directly, what do you want? Are you expecting answers? I read from Kenneth Hagin, he said, a friend had been praying to Jesus. He advised him to stop, he refused that Jesus is the ultimate. And he said, but Jesus himself said, ask in my name and the Father will give it to you. There's so much of controversy about these scriptures, but I, I want to follow scriptures as they are. I can't tell you anything beyond that word. I cannot dismiss that word as not coming from from Jesus. Before now, you've not asked anything in my name. By now, you are going to ask in my name. The Father will do it so that your joy may be full. That he will do so to honor his child. There's a pattern for prayer. There are elements you've got to know. You have to understand them. Otherwise, you pray and pray and pray and nothing will happen. And prayer may become like a yoke to you. A heavy load, a burden. I ask God, he didn't do anything. Have I sinned? We are not talking about sin here. We are talking about the protocol. The what? Protocol. You can call upon the name of Jesus. But you are not asking things from him. Why he has given you the agency, the right to his name. When you call on that name, then the reactions, the forces in that name will go to work. But you don't pray to him. So I will receive of the Father and I will give to you. So in your prayer, he said to us that we should pray to the Father in his name. Now, sometimes when we call on the name of Jesus, miracles are taking place. It doesn't mean that we ask of it from him. No. We only call his name. At the mention of his name. That's what the scripture says. At the mention of his name. There is power in that name. And the power in the name goes into action. We must draw a line between that and when we are praying, we are asking What I've said has been very controversial. I believe in the simplicity of God's word. In the what? Simplicity of God's word. I don't trade in revelations. I trade in the word. When I receive revelation, I go to check for the roots of the revelation from the word of God. Otherwise, you'll be carrying junk. Anybody gives you a revelation and then you are, you are excited and you go with it and that revelation may even kill you on the way. Anyway, we've not gone to those levels yet. So we've understood from the contributions you made that prayer is communion between you and God that has resulted from fellowship. From what? Fellowship. So you don't just pray to God because you are in need, but you, you, you maintain fellowship with him. And in the course of the fellowship, you may say things that you want him to do for you. If you are a person who only goes to his presence just to ask for things, you are not yet a Christian. You are a wayfarer. You are a cheat and a robber when you are in need Father in the name of Jesus Christ you know that I need money so let the money flow because I go to the bank 
go to where? And because when he checks your account, there is nothing. Invite your name, service not there. You have an account, and you're asking for money. Your fellowship will stand for you in your moments of prayer. It must precede prayer. It must what? Precede prayer. So prayer is communion with God. So you don't rush out. You sit down for him to talk to you. It's very important for you to pray and stay still in his presence and let him talk to you. Now, staying still in the presence of God is not that you are quiet and you sit down there as if you are mourning. No. It's a time of praise. It's a time of worship. You are no longer talking, but you are sanitizing the environment, waiting to hear from him. And he will speak. If you get out from your point of prayer without an answer, do you say that you are prayed? Because when we're growing up in the faith, they told us that three things happen when a person prays. Yes, no. Uh, one of three things will happen. Yes or no or wait. It's not in the Bible. Did you see anywhere that he said wait? When he says wait on me, he didn't say wait. That you are, wait for your answer to come later. And then they said that uh, he stalls our prayers. You know, and uh, he keeps on burning them. If you are fortunate that your own goes through the fire, then you have an answer. All manner of, of, of understanding of scriptures that are weird and destructive. So they made prayer a very difficult thing. If I'm not sure that he's going to listen to me, why should I waste my time then? But I said something to you some time ago. If you pray according to his will, he says he answers us. Also, so if you present to him what he has said and you have faith in him, you know he has answered you. So what you are carrying out is the same prayer, the same scripture you used. Now for thanksgiving, that you, when you gave it to him, he has proved himself faithful and he has done it for you. And all the sweat will begin to cease. So you can conserve your energy for serious intercessions. You don't need to die for what you are looking for, which already is yours. Yours is to take it by faith. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing where? In heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. He's not going to provide for you. The provisions have already been made. Yours is to tap into it where it is. And it takes the key of faith for you to pick it. Hello? Anything I say you don't agree with it, just put it aside. And face God. You can ask God. <laughs> no, I do that. Ask God, this fellow, what he said, is it true? No, I don't just believe what people are saying for the sake of it. No. I may not say anything. You won't see any expression on my face. But I have to ask. I have to check my records with the Holy Ghost. Is it right? If it is right, he will say it is. If it is not right, he will show me blankness. Then blank. I'll be blank. There's nothing that will come to my spirit. Nothing. Then I know something is wrong. I need now to go to scriptures and check. Be like a Berean Christian who is always checking. Because your pastor can make a mistake, not deliberately so. But he can make a mistake. We sleep. Sometimes you quote scriptures that are not the real one in the Bible. Hmm? Right. So we'll be talking about the power of prayer throughout the month, and I'm just trying to give you some some foundational. We're having some discussion here. Prayer is an invitation to God or to heaven to come into the affairs on the earth.
or the situations of men. And I also said, God will always need your permission to come into your affairs. Except that when you want to go and commit suicide, he may decide not to allow you to do it. Some of us would have died long ago. We were traveling, he said, don't go. He said, this meeting, the meeting is very important. Instead of telling them, telling, speaking to the, this, your meeting for it to be postponed, you say, by all means, you must go there. And your owner says, don't move. And say so you will go. And I begin to bombard him with prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, keep me as I go. I plead the blood over the roads and over the vehicle and over everywhere. There shall be no evil. You, he has told you, don't go. He said there shall be no evil. You are quoting the word to the word. What you is original? So in our prayer life, we need to be careful. We need to be circumspect. You are a prayer warrior. You see, but he said, the Lord shall order your steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He didn't say that they will go uh, because I have said I will be with them. Now, it's not like that. It's not like that. A couple of times, I think uh, some two weeks or so, Pastor made mention of those things. Peter, sorry, Paul and his team wanted to move to go and minister. They were not going for anything outside the kingdom. And he said, no. You won't go. Don't try. That. Don't go. Stop. If you're obedient to God, you will eat the good of the land. Don't try to prove to God that you know the scriptures much more than he does. You can justify anything you are doing from the same Bible, the same word of God. You can have things that you will quote to indicate that you are on course. When a drunken person says that he knows the way much more, more better than the one whose eyes are clear, then you know that he is on a journey of destruction. And when you hold him, he will be angry. You want to fight back. Why? I know where I'm going. You don't know where you are going. In fact, to start with, you don't even know where you are. You tell me you are drunk. Say, me? Drunk? You are the one who is drunk. I'm telling you, you are a madman. You don't even know. You are drunk. You are lying there in the gutter and water is running around you. Somebody is crying and saying, don't put off the AC. Leave the AC on. If they show you an AC the next morning, you'll be, you'll, you'll be amazed. I told about my brother that went for one girl. That girl was, by face alone, commotion. <laughs> we did, in fact, he almost slapped me. We did everything. He said, no way. That's a girl. God has given him a girl. I said, okay, now, so everybody went his own way and he went his way with a girl. Yes, in the village. So the next morning when we had gathered and we were taking some palm wine, we saw this girl dressed. In fact, it wasn't a joke. And she was standing by. So one of us said, what are you looking for here? I said, allow him, allow her. She's coming to her husband. And then my brother said, What are you doing here? Open your heart. classmate, Mr. Obana, one and run. You married this one yesterday. So go and carry her. And then he got offended. Yeah, you mean you were here? And I carried this girl and you didn't say anything. I said, You wanted to beat me. That is this, the state of a drunken person. He's, when you see Mirage, he says, It's real. So when you, you think that you know the word and you understand it so much, if you are not careful, you'll be going off and nobody will be right to correct you because you know and know beyond knowing that you know.
Prayer calls for caution and total trust in God. Absolute trust in God, dependence on him. Absolute belief in the word of God that you have read or heard of. Absolutely so. Have you read Matthew 7, 7? Not yet. Let's read that one. Can we take it together? Ask and it shall what? Be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Well, I remember growing up in the faith some of our our seniors, let me put it that way, had told us that that was a progression. When you ask and he is not giving, you seek. And if you don't find, keep on knocking. When you disturb him with your knocking, he will open to you. You are laughing now. Is he, you are laughing because you know better. That is what they told us. And some of us held that thing for quite some time. Until we came to know what God's intention really There was nothing there. They have nothing in common. Nothing. There are the things that you know concerning your situation. So ask. There are things you don't know and you want to find out. What God is saying about those that issue, what you are going through from his word. So seek. And when it appears everywhere, it's blank. Knock. Your knocking has to do with fasting. Because your body has refused to accept what God has said. You've got to bring this body down. Knock it down. Until it's able to allow you to see what God is saying. You are going deeper into your search. You having pains, you having challenges. Go and search. What is God saying about this matter? As the Holy Ghost teach me, what is God saying? You may not have seen that in scriptures before, but when you ask Him, He will definitely show you what it is. So it's not a progression. It's not a progression. There, I, I ask. There was no show. I sought. I didn't see anything. Then I knock. I've been knocking for five years now and nothing. It appears God has gone deaf. Prayer is a product of relationship with God. Quality prayer is a product of relationship with God. Your insistence is like knocking. You are not giving up spirit. It's like knocking. Nothing shall stop me until I get the answer I'm looking for. Open your doors unto me, O Lord. We are not saying go and stand before a door and then you are knocking. You know what the scripture says in Revelations? It said the Lord is standing at the door to your heart. He's knocking. Is there any door to your heart? Huh? That door, is it a flesh or, 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 or wood or iron? No. No. So we'll read one lengthy scripture and then oh 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 Psalm 100 what does it say? The whole of Psalm 100 
Break forth. Give us some hundred. <laughs> yeah, let's read that together. Make what? A joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Yes. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that had made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Yes. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Yes. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Yes. Is that all? Are we finished? Why is it so short? Now you look at the verse 1, verse 2, and you are seeing it's a kind of a lifestyle that God is expecting us to be engaged in. Go back. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Anytime you are moody, sorrowful, and sad, your prayers don't flow. When you go into sin, guilt won't permit you to talk to God. But when you are joyful, exercising your liberty, prayer becomes a natural sequence out of the joyful nature that you have assumed. So for you to have a profitable prayer life, then make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Joyful what? Why is he calling it noise? Is it not music you should say? Why noise? Yes, sir. Oh, I thought you were going to. Yes. Noise. Joyful noise. What is noise? Well, mommy said, Dede, what is noise? You are a music person. Uncoordinated what? Sound. Uncoordinated. Keyless. They can't even locate the key for that noise you are making. It lacks me me melody. Melody is here. Is it not? Uh -huh. It lacks what? Harmony. It just says uh, something that is um, riotous and all that. Irritating to the ears. Now, there are some people when they sing, what they produce can easily make one go crazy. They kill anointing with their voice. When I was younger in the faith, even in ministry, anybody that sang off key, I would shout for my seat. Sit down! Sit! You will sit down. There's no harmony. But you too, when you are singing, you are off key. Don't you know it yourself? You know it because you, are, you hear it. And you are not afraid. You are still singing. So stop singing and talk to God. Praise God. Amen. Make a joyful noise. It's important for you to make noise. You shout unto God. Shout. You stay and you shout hallelujah. If somebody is offended, it doesn't matter. You are doing something about your spirit. Something. Something. Shall praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, you are good. And somebody is in the room who say that you're making noise. That's no noise, though. That's a joyful noise. You understand? Learn to express these emotions, emotions, spiritual emotions. Learn to express them. Don't kill yourself. 
That's why he didn't put it at the, at the graveyard. When you go to the graveyard, it means you have ended your course on this earth. Why must you behave like a dead person? Hmm? Can't you say, my Lord, you are so good? I mean, can't you say something? Can't you shout? Can't you scream? One boy that was on uh, this year, one of their programs, he said, somebody scream! And that his voice was, it was something else. But he was enjoying himself. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Joyful noise. It may not follow any particular pattern, but make it is unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. Don't sing like uh, Reverend Isaiah here. You, you don't have the grace, so don't kill yourself. Just anyhow you want to sing it. Sing it. Sing. Do you know when he started singing? Hey, it's okay. That one is good. Praise God. You, you, you are on his, uh, is it W flat or something? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go on to the next verse. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve what? Serve the Lord with what? How many of you understand that one? Serve the Lord with what? Do you understand it? Do you? Do you? Do you? Sweep the hall with gladness. What are the other people? Am I the only person? Should you be me alone? Every time I'm the only person coming around and I'm still sweeping. Anyway, God is seeing me. It's a lie. At that moment, you have blocked God from seeing you. Ah, uh, you're saying hey. If you're not ready, don't serve God though. It should be with gladness. Now you see, it is in that mood that you are able to say, Father, thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. Not when you are angry. The next person that appears in the room, you tell the person. We are six, so we are six that should be sweeping here. For the last one month, it has been it's me alone. But I just thank God. I thank God. That I thank God never went anywhere. <laughs> Serve the Lord with gladness. It creates an atmosphere for you to relate with him in a unique dimension. In the moment of your joy at that point, sweeping and singing, every prayer you offer is answered already. Because you have sacrificed unto him. Right. Come before his presence with singing. Not for competition. You are singing. Create your own song and sing. Carry scriptures and sing it anyhow. Come to his presence with singing. Not crying. Not sorrowing. You go to God. I made one girl to keep quiet when she prayed that prayer. And Radio, when me say, I said, Fatas, shut up. If you Fatas, step out. If you are not worthy, why must you be worrying God? So that you will hear those of us who are worthy now. I shut her up. What's the meaning of that? Eradi me seven vata. Mwa fam wedi o. Mwa fam wedi. Mu bombaya grami maho. First me bow me di masubi tiao tiye di aoka. Yes. Na makasi zempaya oboya nwa muniye. Because we better not be kase. Also if you are bombaya nyamini tiye, you say nee lie. You are just insulting God. He said you are praying. He has made us worthy by that great sacrifice. So you can't say you're not worthy. That's not correct. A, 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 a ingratitude. 
than act of ingratitude. When you are son, you are a man. Wamu a fata. Wamu was wasebi. To wasebi dia, then you can talk with boldness. Come before the Lord. Come to His presence. We sing again. Stop crying. Your God doesn't look at your tears. Stop. If you are crying, you know what you are doing to God. You have failed me again. You have failed me again. You answer everybody and me, you hurt me. I don't understand why you hurt me like that. Lord, do something. What must he do? Is he help you to cry better? Nobody is crying. You, can't, you cannot confuse God. You, 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 you can't, uh, that word, what is the name of that word? There's a word I want to use. Somebody tell me. You can't do what? Blackmail God. Thank you. Blackmail. You want to put God in the corner and begin to pummel him? Yes. That's what you are seeking to do. I you can What have you said? And yet you go and say, Many are that in town. Many are that in town. If you don't know, when you go to Kubasi, you hear it. Many are that in town. Now, I'm saying, I saw it. Which part of God's body did you you go and wrestle with God? Because the scripture says we wrestle, we wrestle not. And so you are wrestling with God. You wrestle. Which, which wrestle are you doing? Huh? <laughs> you know, some of these things may sound very funny to you, but those are things that we have seen, the things that we have experienced, the things that make people have prayer. Prayer and without answers. They just go to do exercise and come back and say they went to pray. In fact, I prayed for two hours. Now, in the two hours, you cried for 40 minutes. Your introduction was tears. Let the awesomeness of God provoke you into crying. That you stand in his presence, you 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 encounter his the awe around him, and then suddenly tears begin to drop. They are not tears of sorrow. So don't ever think you can bribe God with your tears. He doesn't need them. I announce in church, you don't come to my office crying. was not permitted that you be you come and you are crying what are you looking for have i offended you that you come to my office and you are crying you say one thing if god doesn't help you i will leave the office for you when you finish your your crying you can go out i'm with my time you you don't do that kind of thing before god it's not good if you have been doing it stop tell somebody stop crying He said we should come before him with what? With what? Singing. And we go before him with the confidence. I'm a child of God. He is my father. He cannot withhold any good thing from me. You go with assurance that this God I'm going to talk to will surely hear me and answer me. So you go there with that confidence and when you are leaving the place, you live with joy. Thanking him. Not crying. If you are crying, you go to God and you are crying, examine yourself, you are living in sin. Examine it. You may be living like a, a way of life you know is wrong, but you are still not doing anything about it. And you go to cry. You think God will look at your tears and say, I have forgiven you. Nonsense. You better open your eyes. <laughs> open your eyes. Let God see your face. And talk to him. He wants us to talk with him. He wants us to intercede. He wants us to relate with him with joy. 
He wants us to be talking with him as though as I'm talking with you now. That's how God wants us to talk with you. When I got to know about that one with the Holy Ghost, I used to go for um, prayer walk. My, the prayer walk is not the one that you go as if you are going for competition. I'll be talking. One man met me one day. I was talking. And I'm talking as if somebody else was talking to me. And I would say, I understand that one, but I don't know how to go about it. The man stood and was watching. He watched us, so he said, following me. Oh my God. You know where the Holy them were staying along the um, um, is, is Bang- no, that road. No, not over town. Where they were living. You know, I would leave the house and go for my prayer walk talking with the Holy Ghost. I was practicing how to hear his voice very well. I'll be talking with him. Carry my Bible, ask him questions, sit under a tree, and then we'll be talking. So refreshing. Instead of doing that one, you are crying. Who beat you? Hallelujah. All right, Genesis chapter. Oh, have I finished with this one? I was talking about the attitude, the environment. Create it, it makes your prayer easier more effective. Stop crying. When you are in tears, when you are sorrowing, remember what Christ did for you on the cross, in the grave, and after the ascension. When the Holy Ghost was sent to you. You have the Holy Ghost in you, so why are you troubled? Because of some little thing that is happening around you. You are so troubled that you can't even pray. No. Don't give room. Make yourself happy. Do what? Make yourself happy. Make yourself happy. You are in safe hands. You are in the hands of the Holy Ghost. You are in safe hands. There is nothing that should trouble you. There is no money today. But you will still eat. By tomorrow, something else will happen. And you will keep on moving forward. I have a friend who is a minister in Dr. Edipo's ministry. Before he became a pastor, he was in the choir. And where he was living was far from the church. He didn't have money, but he would walk. He so walked that the shoe, the base of the shoe, the sole of the, of the shoes tore in the, at the center and so, anytime he walked, it was the shoe plus his own body that was on the ground. So if he sat and stretched his leg, you would see the hole. So after choir practice, the rehearsal, anything, he would be the first to leave the hall. They didn't understand. They thought that he was a kind of person who didn't want to fellowship with others. No, he didn't want them to see the hole. And that's how he walked back. We stayed together at one place. I know him. I was the MC at his wedding. We ate together. We were sharing one flat in the early days of our time in the ministry over there. We shared one flat. We came very, very close. We didn't have money. But we had God. One day I told him, I said, okay, I feel like eating chicken. He said, hey, what is wrong with your head? (laughs) Even if they give you the chick of the chicken, would you have money to pay for it? I said, but chicken go come. Just stop dreaming. But you see, God is so faithful. I expressed my interest in eating chicken. And he heard me. So one of the deacons in church came with guinea fowls. Oh yeah, life. <laughs> and then he said, "I didn't know I should have called you prophet." I said, "No." I also doubted what I said, but God is merciful. <laughs> you understand? I doubted what I said. It was a very casual thing. 
But over the years, I've come to know that when it is given casual, because of his tender, his tenderness towards us, his loving kindness, he goes on to do things. Amen. I'm just trying to establish how close I'd been with that man. And that's how he kept on sacrificing until God began to lift him. God began to lift him. He saw whatever you call horrible. He didn't have the privilege of going, having some deep education. You know, so his grade put him down there. And uh, those that he entered ministry earlier than had gone ahead of him. And so many things were going on. But he kept on. He did what? Kept on. You just one day hunger, the whole world will hear your voice. I'm not going there again, though. I'm not going there again. You like insulting people? I'm not going. Has God insulted you? No. I'm not going. Persistence of faith, very important. God has never forsaken anyone here. He has not. You may not see what you're looking for, but he's still God. He has not changed. Don't let that attitude affect your prayer life. I've seen it before. When I'll be, I'll be, oh God, Father, Father, Father. That's me calling Father, unending Father. I will call him a man of names, but no prayer was coming forth. It will sound like I was praising him. I was not praising him. I was talking from agony. Then I asked him one question. When, oh Lord, when? That question must never proceed out of your mouth. Lord, when? Don't ever say it. It's an expression of doubt. Don't. Lord, when would my own be better? When you die. Yes, when you die, People will gather around your corpse and they will go and bury you. They will, they, they, they will, they, they will, your photograph will, be, will appear everywhere. And then even on television that you have never gone there before, they will talk about you, your age, and say how good and wonderful you were. You know, as a very sound believer. But when you were hungry, nobody cared. So don't give the devil that opportunity to laugh at you. Whatever God said he's doing for you, it's already done. Just allow the environment that will bring it back to you. Now, so, Genesis 18. Can we go on to that one? You know the story very well, but um, not from verse 1, please. Verse 22 to 33. Just want to say something to you. All right, now from the verse 1, we are told that Abraham had a visitation of heavenly beings because there was a relationship between him and God. A walk of obedience opened his doors to God. It's better for me to even start from there. A walk of a life of obedience to God and his course will give you an environment which has the aroma that invites God your area. He was ready to obey God at all times. He walked with God with such humility and obedience that God was compelled to make his habitation in his own place. That they describe Abraham as, as the friend of God. If you are not God's friend, will he visit you like that? They came. First, the major challenge he had with the wife, they had not given birth. They have gone beyond the age of giving birth in the understanding of men. And God handled that one. But you know, when they appeared, he was sensitive enough to know that these were not just angels. That the most high God himself was there. So he showed hospitality. Was what? Nobody comes to your house because your heart wards them off. To cook for people to eat is a serious problem for you. Oh, you see, those of you who are saying, well, some of you are guilty of that one. When you see people coming, you hide your food. 
People are coming to your house and you hide your food. It's my prayer. Any day you hide your food, may mouse enter that place and eat your food. It's not a prophecy. It's a prayer. Why are you looking at me like that? Hospitality is virtually nil and yet you claim you love so much. And your fear, the food will finish. Or won't it finish? Whether you give or you don't give, it will finish. Hallelujah. Now, when they visited, the first thing was for Abraham to ask the wife to prepare some meal for them. And then they, they ate. Before the meal even got ready, the issue about his wife and child's issue had already been settled. God said at this, this same time next year, the fullness of time, your, 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 I'll visit you and your wife will give birth. And the woman heard it and laughed inside there. When she was asked, she said, you never laughed. She never laughed. Well, he was, she was afraid now. She did. Nobody was there. Why? How did they come to know? <laughs> Meanwhile, the husband was addressing them as Lord. But you know that Abraham himself didn't believe. Oh, when God told him now, he laughed. No wonder the child was called Isaac. Laughter. No. He laughed. But that did not move God. I have chosen to bless you. Why? You exude that kind of spirit that attracts blessing. You must exude a spirit that attracts God's blessing. It makes your prayer life very effectual and effective. And then, as they were going, God said, can I do anything without telling my friend Abraham? Knowing that he will do what? He will instruct his children in the ways of the Lord. Can God say so about you? You desire that your children should walk with God in purity of heart, but you also, you are a sleeper and not one that is always with the Lord. Eh? And if your child becomes like Josiah and he asks you three questions, you have to go and rent a house somewhere and leave them on the other side because you will be embarrassed. If you are waiting for your children to be excellent in the things of the spirit, then you must grow. You must what? Grow beyond their level, beyond the level of your wife. And stop sitting down and be sleeping when people are seriously praying you are sleeping. Every time you are snoring, is there a competition? Is there any award that will be given to those who snore? I have started there. Amen. I don't want to wound anybody here. I just want you to be excited. Praise God. But I'm compelled sometimes to say some things because certain attitudes I don't understand. I don't. What are you doing? You're snoring and you're sleeping. They say, wake up. Say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And God spoke to him. I've, he said, he said, he said, the issues going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, those things have risen to me. But I want to go there. That was the issue I was discussing with my wife in the car. They said, God, didn't you know that that was going on there? And then I asked her, didn't you know that Adam had left his seat? That is what led to that question I asked. Now, God knew, but he's a just God. He will want to give you opportunity to prove him wrong. So when you do things, don't think he doesn't know. He knows. He's giving you room to change. So Abraham began to plead. Would a just God destroy the righteous along with the with the wicked? Should you see 50 people, see 50 righteous ones over there, 
Will you still? God said, no, I will not. He went to 45. Went to 40. Went to 30. He went to 20. God said, I will not. He went to 10. God said, I will not. Now, when you read, I'm going to sit down because I've already exceeded my time. When you read that passage, you will discover that certain things were at work. The level of love that he manifested, compassion that he had concerning those people. He knew they were, in the, they were wicked people, but he was still asking God to forgive. And then he went on with such humility. I, it's a privilege to be talking to the Most High God. Let my word not offend you, my Lord. In case you find 20 people, God said, no, I will not. I don't understand why Abraham stopped at, at 10. He was tired. Ah, after all this, if you cannot produce 10 people, then what, what am I talking about? And I read one book written by Derek Prince some years ago, and he said, the size of Sodom and Gomorrah was almost like the size of Canada. And he said, if 10 people could have saved that nation, then Canada can never be destroyed. Why? Because the believers are more than 10. I read it years ago. I've never forgotten about that one because it was so classic. If God will not destroy the nation because of 10 people, and you have more than that, we have, we have, we have millions who are believers here. Proper believers, not church occupants. Proper believers. And they tell you Ghana is going to be destroyed, and you are afraid. What are you running to? Is it Nigeria you are going to? Huh? There are also many. A lot of them are believers. Eh? Millions. The way you pray here, that's how they pray over there. No break, no jam, no sense. That's how we pray. Ghana here, we pray like that. No, it's not just the tongues. Oh, pastor, be careful. You know, we pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And sometimes I ask the devil, you know they hear what they are saying. Are you not afraid? Why would you retire? Hey, just resign and that's why you they will not kill, they will kill you before your time. Oh, the pastor doesn't really hear what as I tell him now, I have advised him for many years. He refused to accept my advice. <laughs> oh, where our church is in Kumasi. Sometimes when I, I stand there towards the evenings and I see groups of people in that school park. Ah. They are bombarding the devil. We bind you. We bind you. Say we send fire, heaven fire. Yeah, a swan or so we jab the go so bonsam, bonsam, bonsam. No bonsam, so you jina kaku enu ho. Was it me no no? I'm the one causing all these things though. You know they don't know. I will deal with them. Ghana cannot be destroyed. There is nobody born by any woman that will set this country ablaze. Then you carry gun. Where are you going? It's not a gun they carried and God still finished them. Ask for Israel, their story. They are not, you don't have many, many born again people in Israel. Like the Judaism that they are practicing. But there's a covenant between Israel and God. And, uh, and God. That covenant that came through Abraham and the rest. Even though it does, may not qualify them to enter to heaven, but it qualifies them for their protection. God won't allow any nation, no matter how many they are, to destroy Israel. If you have not been reading about Israel, go and read. Check how they defeated the, the, the combination of all the Arab nations. In that seven-day seven day, uh, battle that they had, it was amazing. They were using Old Testament tactics to beat them. Yes. Friends, don't let anyone confuse you. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. All that God wants you to do is to intercede for the nation. And intercede for Africa. Intercede for the whole world. That's your assignment. That is what Abraham was doing. Interceding. 
I only got went there to let you see your role as an intercessor. And Kasia media we are in family home. And yet Ghana, Nigeria, and you see, if anything happens in Nigeria, the first place they will go to is Ghana. In case you don't know. If something happens here now, the first place we will go to is Nigeria. Except they lock the door. If they lock it, we'll still go through it. <laughs> it's not just easy for you to go to a French speaking country and feel free. No. But when we get to Nigeria, eh, we'll talk the same language now. And at the moment, we have uh, a lot of intermarriages have gone on between the two nations. Hallelujah. Do you know why? Remember where you were picked from and give thanks to God. Lift up your voice.